Welcome to Gray Awakenings, a podcast covering the gray areas of life. Hello, hello. Hello. Hi, yo. Hello. Hi, yo. <laughs> <laughs> hello, everyone. My name is Hannah Gray. My pronouns are they and she. And my fun fact of the day is I hiked in a rainforest and it rained on me in Puerto Rico. And my name is Adrian Gray. <laughs> <laughs> and my pronouns are he, him. And my fun fact for the day is in the rainforest, we found a little swimming hole to go swimming in. I love it. <laughs> Just a little bitty swimming Just a hole. little swimming hole. He went in the wall swimming hole with his little legs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry, inside joke. <laughs> uh, I'm Amanda Drew. My pronouns are she and they. And my fun fact of the day is that I just started working overnights. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crickets all around. Literally. Uh, my name is Ashley Mays. My pronouns are she and her. My fun fact of the day is I just started getting back into journaling. Woohoo! I love journaling. I almost said, I love me some journaling. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> tone it down, Hannah. <laughs> it's just journaling. Um, so today we're going to talk about a lot of important things and I'm super excited about it. And I'm going to hand off the mic to Amanda because y'all got some good info. I'm, I'm the statistics person. You're <laughs> <laughs> All the statistics. Yeah. We're going to talk about, so we're t- today we're talking about STIs, um, specifically herpes, because it's guys, there's like a lot of STIs, Lots so it's really hard to like, ooh, let's talk about all of them. Like, it's not going to happen. We're going to be here forever. So today we're talking specifically about herpes, so I'm just going to throw some facts at you real fast. Um, so conservatively, okay, like, like real, real conservatively, one in four people are walking around um, and know that they have an STI of some form. Now, so um, let me just explain what an STI is real fast. So an STI is a sexually transmitted infection. Um, These are anything from a viral infection to a bacterial infection that can be treated with like um, antibiotics or creams. So these are things that are transmitted through sex. Okay. Um, These don't mean that you are a slut. They don't mean anything except that you have an STI. Okay. Guys, we all get colds. It's the same thing. Okay. So, um, conservatively one in four people are walking around with an STI. These are people that know about it. So you can't actually make a statistic on people that don't know that they have an STI. True. Okay. So, uh, chances are it's like way higher than that for herpes alone. One in six people, and again, this is conservatively, this is the, the amount of people that we know have some form of STI, uh, or some form of herpes simplex virus 2. Um, so this is, HSV2 is the type of herpes that you get from having sex. It's not the cold sore that you get on your mouth. Um, it's like vaginal or anal, okay? Um, or penile, I guess, as well. Penile. Hmm. I think that's the word. I think it's a word. Yeah. <laughs> I instantly questioned it. You did. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird word. <laughs> like so, it. You can it have it on your penis, guys. Penal. Penal. 
penile. Penile. Just forget that band. So HSV two is transmitted through sex, and if you are a person who has a vulva, you go to a gynecologist. Um, chances are that your gynecologist does not ever test for HSV2 unless you are exhibiting symptoms. And most people don't even know that they're exhibiting symptoms because it looks like razor burn or a rash from like your underwear rubbing. Okay. So these are like really common things that happen to us in our bodies and we just kind of overlook them because, oh, I shaved two days ago. So what? Or like, yeah, well, I wore that pair of underwear that I know fits a little weird around the thigh. Like these things happen and we overlook them. Um, And so we're not being tested for HSV2 specifically. And gynecologists don't do it. Why? I don't know. In all the research that I did for it, I just never found out why. Because it's not like it's a difficult, it's a, um, it's a, like a swab. Oh, it is? It's not blood tests? So, um, just to let you guys know, when it comes to getting tested for herpes at a gynecologist's office, they only swab if you're exhibiting signs because otherwise it's undetectable unless you get a blood test. And blood tests can be very, very expensive. Yeah, that's what I thought because I get tested for herpes simplex one and two every single time because I have one. So, um... I, they test me for it every time because they already know I have one. So they want to like keep up to date on if I have two. Is that just a swab for you then? No. Or they make you go it's, take a blood test? It's a blood test, test every so time. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Good to know. So. Um, can, wait. Can herpes one develop into herpes two? No. Oh, okay. No. Yeah. I mean, the only way something like that could happen I think, I mean, would be if I had a cold sore and I went down on someone. No. (gasps) Ooh, tell us all the things. Okay, so the way that herpes 1 works is that um, herpes 1 only likes to live in your mouth area, whereas HSV 2 typically only lives in the genital area. So you don't typically hear of people having HSV 2 in the mouth or um, HSV 1 like in the genital area. Uh, It's very possible to get HSV-1 and HSV-2 in the genitals, but it's very, very unlikely to get HSV-2 orally just because it doesn't like to live in the mouth. Well, like what I was trying to say is like if I had HSV, is that the letters? Mm -hmm. Oh my God. My brain was just like shutting down slowly. Um, HSV-1, if I had a breakout on my lips and I like went down on my partner, could they get like could could I transmit it to them it's very, that's always been a fear of mine so it's very very possible um obviously you know when you're having an active breakout you never want to um partake in sexual activity because that's or when kissing or anything exactly because yeah. that's when you're most likely to transmit it to somebody else mm-hmm. um but as far as having hsv1 and going down on your partner the likeliness of transmission is very, very low. However, if you do have an active outbreak, it is possible because yeah. it's a skin-to-skin contact. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know I, this might be jumping, but, like, how do you contract HSV-2? So HSV-2 is very similar to 
I guess I could compare it to how you would contract poison ivy. Mm. So you rub against that plant and then all of a sudden, you know, you're itchy, you have a rash. HSV2 kind of works in the same way. However, um, somebody has to have an active breakout happening Mm. and it has to have a way to enter into your body. Gotcha. Wow. Okay. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Sorry. (laughs) I'm processing and my brain, once again, not processing fast. Um, Yeah. Oh, wait. Like who she is? Hi, guys. Um, This is Ashley. (laughs) So we we are super new to this. (laughs) As you can tell, I guess we probably should have prefaced with that. But like we're learning from Ashley today. Um, She was like, hey, I have a thing that I can talk about on your podcast and I'd love to be a guest. And we are here to learn from you. So I don't know if you want to like share some of your story to kind of kind of get the listeners to um, get to know you and like know what your perspective is. Okay, um, so I'm Ashley. Um, I found out that I contracted HSV2 about two years ago now. Um, yeah, it'll be two, two years ago. And uh, it's basically, you know, how I've learned to cope with it is, you know, accepting it um, because it was a really hard road at first. And when Hannah told me that she was doing this podcast, I was super excited because I've never talked about it what, with people who I'm not familiar with. Awesome. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Can I ask you, like, how did you, so what made you go to the doctor and get tested for it? Like, did your doctor suggest that? Did you feel like something was off? How did that actually happen for you? Lita has a lot to say. (laughs) So what first happened was, you know, obviously I had had um, sexual intercourse with somebody and, uh, about a couple of days later, I felt very, very sick. I was in a lot of pain. My back was hurting. I felt like I had the flu. I just was not myself at all. I felt really awful. And uh, a holiday event, I believe it was probably July 4th, I went to a family event and I couldn't even bend over. I was in so much pain and I was just really ignoring it, actually. I was like, you know, shaved a couple days ago, went hiking maybe it's poison ivy. It's just, you know, silly things to try and convince myself that everything was okay. And finally, my aunt had said something to me and she goes, are you doing okay? And I finally broke down. I was like, I'm not okay. I'm in so much pain. Everything hurts. You know, I took a mirror. I peeked down there. did not like what I saw at all. So we ended up going to the doctor and that's when I got the news um, that I had well, they thought by looking that I had HSV too. So what were your, your kind of, what was your first reaction to hearing that, that diagnosis? So uh, to be completely honest with you, my very first reaction was everything kind of just went blank and I was like, oh my God, no one's ever going to want to be with me again. Aww, and cry. I know that's like... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's such a terrible thought to have because now, two years down the road, I know that's not true at all, but of all first thoughts to have, that was the one that I had. I feel like a lot of people, too, they have that feeling like, my life is over, Mm -hmm. you know? Yes. How, so what were your first steps? So first steps for me was I 
was really sad. was really angry. I laid on the couch for three days and cried. Couldn't do anything. I was still hurting. I was on medication to um, get over the outbreak. And um, I didn't really have anybody at the time that I could really talk to about the situation. I didn't even know how to talk about it, actually. And uh, so I went to Tumblr. And you know, <laughs> bad rap on Tumblr. <laughs> you know, there can be a bad rap around Tumblr, but honestly, I really think it was my salvation in that time because I was able to get out what I wanted to stay, say, and I wasn't worried about who read it because I knew that they were all strangers per se. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually Tumblr helped me when I was like finally exploring my sexuality and I would go on there and be like, no one knows who I am. So <laughs> let me tell you how gay I am. Like it was awesome. But um so yeah I, I was gonna ask something and then I got all distracted that's fine I got a question <laughs> good so um how did you end up reaching out to the partner that you had contracted it from like how do you how did you talk to them about that that had to be like a tough walk slash awkward conversation you know what I mean like hey dude you gave me herpes <laughs> gender neutral dude over here <laughs> yeah so that was also really awkward uh, you know I had to take a day to really figure it out I talked with my aunt and she really helped me you know learn to be honest because at first I was like well I'm just not gonna say anything clearly they knew um, but I found that that wasn't actually the case uh, I gave him a call I was like, hey, so this thing happened. Um, I don't really know how to tell you. And like, I, for some reason, I put it all on myself. And I was like, I don't want you to be angry with me. When really, you know, that it wasn't. So I told him and he was like, well, I don't have it. And so I kind of just stood there for a minute. And I was like, okay, well, this I just found this out. And he goes, and he, he was very nice, actually. So even though he was in denial, so 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 sweet and was very supportive and he goes it's okay it happens like I'm here for you if you need to talk to somebody that's nice yeah which is yeah. super nice um but then a few months later actually he found out that he had it and he came to me looking for advice mm -hmm. which was kind of a totally flip of tables but it was kind of cool to be able to support each other in that way um but yeah so he didn't know when I told him wow and I'm curious like if you're comfortable like letting us know I feel like people listening might be listening to your story and like now thinking about okay well if I'm gonna have sex with someone like what are these precautions I should take to like to I don't know you know what I'm trying to say like I guess were you were you were you using protection or like how did this happen like how does this happen how do you get it you know like I guess there's just a lot of question around that and fear around it I feel like so in this particular situation, um, I did not use protection, even though I should, I should have, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure all of us here are probably like, we should have, but right. we didn't, it feels better, you know, like, right. so you know, no shame on that at yeah. all. Like I wasn't doing that to call you out or anything. Totally fine. Um, and you know, I was on birth control, so I was like, you know, whatever, it's fine, whatever, whatever. Um, but the thing is, is that what nobody really does is they don't talk about their sexual health and their sexual past flight past mm -hmm. sexual like um history yeah 
Um, you know, not it doesn't even necessarily matter the amount of partners that somebody has had because that doesn't matter. But what does matter is if you have had something, you should be honest about that. And a lot of people aren't um, because they think that it's not a huge thing. That or they hold so much shame in it that, you know, they like they don't ever think that somebody's going to be with them because they have it. And so they're not going to talk about it or say that they have it. And then yeah yes i um i completely agree with you i think too that there's a this other thing where people are like oh well i feel dirty to talk about that and you know they associate these words you know uh diagnosed dirty um used filthy and they just put all these awful words attached to hsv2 that you know it's okay to talk about it and I think, like, even talking about sex is hard for people. So, like, how do you divulge into your sexual history, you know? Like, there's so much shame and stigma around all this bullshit. And, like, even as someone who has HSV-1, like, I hold so much shame in that. And it's and I've had it since I was two years old. Like, I didn't... I just, like, I've struggled with it since then. And anytime I have a breakout, I literally, like, put my hand over my mouth or, like, over my nose so like no one can see it and it's just like something like at this point I've accepted and like when it does happen and there's like medication you can take now we might actually be on the same medication you never know Velcyclovir yeah oh my god (laughs) medication twins so I'm on Velcyclovir so (laughs) weird um and that helps it so I don't get breakouts and um so that's like been a life changer for me um but recently I don't want to like take too much time but um I mean we're only at 18 minutes we good um so recently I got a cold sore in my eye and I haven't had one of those since I was a child and um what happened was when I was two I rubbed my lip and then I rubbed my eye and I got in my eye and I would like throughout the years of my life and then once I hit like teenage years it just stopped and it literally happened like two months ago and I was so ashamed like I wore sunglasses like all day and I just like stayed in my house like it was just there was a lot of shame around it and I think like when it's in my eye I just feel even worse I don't know so it's just I guess that's my part in this conversation I don't know but I feel like it it would be so hard like because sex is so vulnerable already and then like if you are you're encountering a new partner like that's so hard to have to be like hey what's your sexual history and then when you at they ask that back and you have to tell them like not that it's a dirty thing but like society makes it so dirty that like it's probably so hard to do so can't even imagine right now like I'm like oh stressful <laughs> so i feel like so much of like this the that stigma also comes from like not talking about it like when we were younger i'm sure that no one asked like hey when was the last time you were tested for an sti which is like my number two question now <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> like now it's like hey when was the last time you were tested did you have partners between what's your sexual history like like you you we have to know these things especially in in a culture where like and i don't i don't like to say this but like especially in a culture where protection is like not used so much like it's i don't know i feel like we're all at a like a whatever <laughs> sort of uh, sort of time period now where we're like if you're not getting pregnant like ugh. Or they're just like, the world's ending anyways, might as well just... (laughs) 
Right, exactly. <laughs> but also, it's kind of funny because, like, <laughs> sorry, it's kind of funny because the one place where we actually prioritize fucking pleasure in our sex is like not using protection. Yeah. Ow. <laughs> 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 sorry, I got so excited. I hit myself with a microphone. Ow. <laughs> and it's fine. Your tooth just fell off. <laughs> and then instead of having to be like, what's the last time you were tested? You're going to be like, I have no tooth. <laughs> I won't need to tell anyone. They'll be able to see. It'll be fine. You don't even have to have that conversation. You just smile like, oh, you got no teeth. Okay. Well, can we, can I side note real quick? It's so irrelevant, but whatever. There's like this meme going around that's like dental work is so important. And it's like, because all you can stare at is this person's teeth and they have no eyebrows. Sorry. Maybe it's something you gotta see. I'll post it on the Instagram. Yeah, yeah definitely post that because I want to okay, see it. Okay, I'm now. gonna move away from this mic. <laughs> Hannah would when we first got together. Hannah would literally and like you can tell between like someone looking at your eyes and someone looking at your mouth. There's a difference in their eyes, and yeah, for so sure. like Hannah would like sit there and just stare at my mouth the whole time, and like at at one point I was like. Can you not stare at my mouth anymore? It makes me really uncomfortable. <laughs> I am very self-conscious about my chompers now, guys. <laughs> um, what were we saying before I bashed my face? <laughs> that we get test. Oh, yeah. Okay. So getting tested is like. Oh, well, actually, I find that like getting tested is a lot more normalized now, which is really great. Um, but. It's also not something that, like, people are bringing up in those initial conversations. Or, like, if you're having multiple partners, you should probably get tested, like, regularly. And not, like, I get tested once a year at my pap smear. <laughs> but I have six partners a year. You should be getting tested after every single new partner. Like, it just it just makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, I think mm-hmm. to add on to what Amanda was saying, too, is herpes can live in the body for three to six months without showing any sign of anything. I mean, that's one thing that's happening right now is there are so many people who walk around with HSV. It's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and they have no idea because they've never shown any signs. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. It's like... um. You, we used to hear like horror stories in like health class about like well if you get HIV you won't know for six months and it's like oh let's talk about herpes though because it's so much more common than contracting HIV um, and it's something that is not tested for the way that it probably should be um, for preventative measures but like there's just there's so much stigma around STIs in general that like, I, I understand-ish <laughs> why it doesn't happen, you know? Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. Um, I know another thing that I struggled with, too, is when I was first diagnosed, um, the way that the media looks at herpes or uh, STDs and things. Like, um, one thing comes to mind, nobody judge me for this, but um, Glee you know that i was just saying that the, yeah the <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's so true that che- the cheerleader coach um oh i don't remember 
well you know that person yeah cheerleader the, coach the, the person. cheerleader coach she made a joke about it and i remember at the time i was so offended because mm-hmm. i had just found out and you know glee came out a million years ago but i was for some reason watching it for the first time mm-hmm. so um her name was sue and she's a bitch okay continue <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so anyways you know there's a lot of other shows and movies too that touch on that and they make these really insensitive jokes that it's all the time all All the the time time. and before I never would have really thought about it or even would have thought to be offended or that someone would have been offended by it but living that and knowing what I know about myself it was a little hurtful absolutely and it's like I think that joking about this stuff I feel like from like a comedy perspective they're probably like oh we're talking about it we're bringing it up you know but like at the same time it's like my experience with comedy, I I used to, like, hate comedy so much because I don't like when people are being made fun of and I don't like that stuff. But I feel like they're perpetuating the shame even more. And it's, like, makes it harder to freaking talk about because people are freaking laughing at you. Like, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Yes, you're bringing up a topic, but you're poking fun at it. So you're doing the exact opposite of what you actually want to, quote, unquote, do, you know? Just real fast side note, that new Dave Chappelle's special came out on Netflix, and mm. I was like, meh, I don't want to watch it. And my dad was like, oh, it's because it's cause they make fun of trans people, right? And I was like, mm, no, it's because he's not funny. Like, <laughs> if you're making fun of someone, that's the lowest form of comedy. Yeah. There's no thought put into that. Like, all you're doing is being like, ha, ha, ha. Ha ha. Like, look at that person over there and making fun of something like there. There's better comedy. <laughs> out I know. There. No, I'm, I'm I not mean? anti-comedy anymore, but I still <laughs> right, have right, right. Like, my I like legit used to like be so I would not go to comedy shows. Nothing. Yeah. I'm like, I fucking hate comedy because <laughs> a lot of it is just making fun of people. Yeah, and I, and I don't that. like that yeah. shit. So or, like perpetuating stigmas or like mm-hmm. making up shit, you yeah. know, but, but yeah. I feel like, do you guys care if I share a story? Share. Share. Okay. So this is something like I haven't really talked about a lot, but when I was 18, I experienced a sexual assault in college and I was drunk. So I was like passed out and um, I didn't know what happened. So in the morning, I had no idea, like cool, had to go right to work. And um, that day I, I, I had like a lot of, like discomfort obviously and like at work I just like felt I don't even know I'm trying to like remember everything but I just remember feeling like something was wrong down there and I ended up um not going to the doctor because I was so ashamed one of being like raped and then two because I thought I had an STD so I ended up not going to the doctor for like a week and it kept getting worse and worse and worse um and then finally I was like fuck it like I'm just gonna go and um I ended up having like really severe staph infection all over my genitals um and it was like horrifying and I just remember the deep shame and like I couldn't talk about it and so, like, hearing that you went to the doctor, like, right away, that, like, really, I was like, oh, I'm so glad because I I have been, I thought, I was just, like, so shamed about it and I didn't want the doctors to know. Like, I just didn't want anyone to know and I kept quiet and I didn't tell him or anything. Like, obviously, fuck him, but whatever. 
Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, but like just thinking back to that and just spending so much time in my own like sadness and pain and like not telling anyone, it was just really hard and I totally relate to that. Um, but um, yeah, it was a staph infection. It wasn't technically an STI. I don't think so. I don't know, but yeah, that's my story, I guess. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I just want to share like kind of my experience of feeling that shame and like not knowing what to do. Other side note, and a uh, staph infection isn't technically an STI. Yeah, I because figured it's it not wasn't. sexually like that. In that, that case, was, it was, but a staph infection not is not. Yeah, like, but generally. technically. I think that was like my first time ever getting staph infection. So ever since it's like now dormant in my body. Yeah, that's gross. Yeah. I hate that about staph. Inf- like any like staph infections, MRSA, like any of the like the yeah. big scary it was, stuff. It was actually so MRSA. scary. It was yeah. MRSA. But isn't MRSA um, staph infection? MRSA is just a special strain of a staph infection. Gotcha. It was MRSA. Yeah. yeah, that sucks. Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah. Don't recommend. Highly recommend not getting that on your bits. Well, We'll try. Look, <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like looking at you. I was like, don't get on your bits. I was uncomfortably like, we'll all like, try. Okay. <laughs> Maintaining eye contact. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm using comedy to laugh during this. Sorry. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you can't okay. laugh about it. <laughs> um, let's get back to talking about stuff. <laughs> stuff. <laughs> so, um, so, Ashley, how am um, what what's your dating life like now so my dating life now um recently pretty quiet but um that's for my own choices and my own reasons um however when i was first finding out i immediately was like well gonna try to start dating again da 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 you know created an online profile did some online dating um and just wanted to see how that would work out for me and i think when i first started i was kind of self-sabotaging myself um i would just throw it right out there in the open and like didn't care and had this what you know wtf attitude um and was just kind of trying to shove how I felt deep, 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 deep down and not acknowledge how I was feeling. Um, and then I found a group of girls and we created a support group for ourselves. And uh, su- super, <laughs> yeah, so super, super wonderful. And best advice that I was given was um, don't start dating until you're genuinely ready. Um, you know, and it, that it took a long time for me. It probably took about a year coming to terms with everything, you know, learning to love myself again. I think that contracting herpes has made me love myself more than I even did before. I value my body now. Um, but dating has gone really, really well. Uh, once you get past the hard part of, you know, giving that information to a partner that you may or that you may be interested in and want to see where it goes. Um, most people are very receptive of that. Um, you know, I've never gotten a bad mean response, which is what I expected when I first started out in this. Uh, it's always been, you know, I'm okay with that. I'm like, Oh, okay. It's not that big of a deal, you know? So things have been good in the dating world. That's awesome. I, I had a question come up as you were talking and someone who is like not educated about it. I feel like when, if someone like responded in anger or like anything like that to you, it's probably because they're ignorant to it. Um, and I'm curious if you could speak more to um, can you o- we actually might have already answered this, but I guess let's do it again. Um, like 
The only way to contract it is if there's an outbreak at the time. So, yes. Okay. If there is an active outbreak, it is 100% possible for a partner c- to contract herpes from you. Okay. However, that being said, there is this thing called asymptomatic shedding, which v- it's very, very unlikely. Um, but, you know, if you're not taking medication and if you've been stressed out or you're on the verge of having an outbreak and you don't recognize the signs, then at that point... There is a potential for exposure to a partner, but again, the the chances are very, very small. And like, obviously using protection is, mm-hmm. is a good idea too. Protection, um, taking, you know, the, the antiviral. Amanda's like, no! <laughs> I know, we all <laughs> love to not, like, I feel like I gotta defend myself now. Like, no, not like, no, don't use protection. Feel so good without it. <laughs> like... <laughs> No, but but also like like using a condom is only so effective like mm-hmm. condoms are n- never placed properly like if you're using dental dams they're never used properly like this is my arms are crazy right now <laughs> but like, they're just there's so much improper use with like all the forms of protection that we have for stis that uh, like yeah it, it might help you 75 to 85 percent as far as protection goes it is better than zero absolutely but at the end of the day like it's probably gonna happen at some point in your life that you're gonna come into contact with someone who has or has had an sti so like breaking the stigma seems so much more valuable um like long term not saying don't use condoms i'm not saying don't use protection or take care of yourself like sexually um to have preventative measures but like it's not it's not the answer you know what I mean I just feel I feel like I had to defend myself there okay (laughs) um I yeah go uh, raising (laughs) my hand like is it my turn yet um no adding adding on to what Amanda said you know when it comes to not using protection and you know using protection is only so so effective um herpes can appear outside of the genital region. So even if you are using a condom or a dental dam or whatever your method of con- uh, contraception it contraception whatever your method of protection is um, you know a herpes sore can appear like on the inner thigh on you know the butt cheek on you know any of these other areas where condoms don't necessarily protect or a dental dam covers so it's always good to be aware i never thought about that mm-hmm. interesting huh i've like it's i feel bad because i like want to tie back into like the sh- story i shared real quick um because i ended up like I guess I, I remembered more after I feel so bad, like taking up space. No, take okay. it up. Okay. So, um, after I got my antibiotics for the staph infection, I ended up getting a yeast infection and the yeast infection never went away like for three years because I was also scared that was an STI. So I didn't talk to my doctor. Um, so I literally like had chronic, what is it called again? Uh, yeast infections. For that long and my yeast infections would be genital but also like under my breasts on my butt crack like all these places and I literally was like I have something and I don't know how to fucking talk about it and I let it go for three years (sighs) 
sorry i just feel like i need to share these things because i want like people to know like it happens no i completely agree with you um i think it's super important to talk about it because everybody is so afraid you know like oh you know it's it's just a rash it's it's nothing but sometimes you have to you know accept to yourself and really really look at if it's something or nothing yeah and i feel like I, I mean, I've shared this in other podcasts, but I almost like stopped. I, I made myself a very sexless person. And now that I'm talking about this, I'm kind of like having epiphanies because I almost feel like that's where my sexlessness came from was that shame and that three years where I literally like I t- I wouldn't really have physical intimate partners because I was so shameful about around that so I just avoided it at all costs I'm like oh I'll just do things to you like you don't need to do things to me or I would date people who lived in another state or I would like I was took a year of celibacy and I've always like blamed that on my trauma but now I'm like wait a minute I needed to do that in that moment because I was so full of shame and I couldn't talk to my doctor so I just became sexless well, also, like, having any sort of infection surrounding, like, Painful. sexuality oh, is is trauma, too. Yeah. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, that was like, very traumatic. Like, wouldn't you say that it was traumatic when you found out that you were diagnosed with HSV, too? Oh, absolutely. And even the way you describe your experience, like, how you were, like, sick, like, your body was shocked. It was, like, what is happening? And, like, that that's body trauma. Like, you experienced yeah. trauma that day, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So, like, I mean, for you, Hannah, it's it was probably all trauma-based. It's just, yeah. like, several traumas. Just different, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess, like, exploring the idea of, like, what trauma actually means and what can be defined as that, but... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, we kind of talked about, like, your dating, um, and I'm, I'm curious, and, like, if you're... N- if this is like too, I feel like this might be like a line. Um, at what point now do you bring up, like how do you, do you bring up your sexual history like when you're interested in dating someone or when you're interested like oh no we're we've been dating for a little bit and we're gonna have sex so I should probably bring it up like when do you when do you do that like what time is good. So I think that it's, that answer is different for everybody. Um, you know, it's all about disclosing in your own way when you're comfortable. Um, for me, I I still do a lot of online dating just because I'm not from the area. I don't know a lot of people. It's the easiest way for me to meet people because I'm so shy. Um, but in that case, usually when I talk to somebody, it's not the first thing I bring up because it doesn't define who I am. Herpes is not me. Um, literally this whole time internally I'm like (laughs) snapping and then you did it I'm like finally I can release my snaps so you know I don't want it to define me so when I get to know somebody I show them who I am as a person and then you know if they're interested and we're gonna move forward maybe before the first date I share but sometimes I'm like you know what I'm gonna I want to go on a date with this person I'm not gonna self-sabotage myself I'm gonna own this and I'll let that date happen because really when it comes to online dating you never know if it's even gonna work out before you guys hang out in person so I hang out in person and then if it's gonna go further that's when I share that information and um you know, everyone has a different way of disclosing. For me, I just rip the bandaid right off. I don't, I don't beat her on the bush. I'm very blunt about it. Um, but I also can we like role play? 
Okay. Ooh, sure. do you want to do it? Do you want to do it? I can do it. I can do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm ready. Okay. Ashley, I really like you. I think it's really cool <laughs> that we're going to go out. You know, Amanda, I would have to agree with you. Thanks. <laughs> we're role playing, damn it. <laughs> so, so um, next week, do you think we could do this again? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. All right, awesome. Um, so if this is going to continue down the road, I think that there's just something I need to share with you. Yeah, what's up? Um, so this is really hard for me. I'm actually really uncomfortable sharing this with you, but um, I have genital herpes. Oh, wow. I never would have known. So uh, one time in college, I had chlamydia. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, <laughs> we know that was so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that, that was awkward because that was literally a that conversation I had with a partner <laughs> once. And I was like, <laughs> I just, no. it was the only thing that popped into my head and I'm not going to do this no. whole thing. Oh my thing. God. <laughs> that was not a good response. So, okay. No, no that's, that's so awesome that that happened. That's so awesome that that happened though, because through that role play, we're able to see that you know sex is not talked about and no. sexual history is so hard to talk about yeah yeah no usually <laughs> like it at least for me whenever i bring up like sexual history and i'm talking about it um like i've and it's only been once that some someone has ever been like oh uh, yeah cool well, i had a comedian <laughs> once but uh shit <laughs> 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 you're not so weird <laughs> but uh but, but yeah, it's very much an awkward thing. So, like, I appreciate you dealing with my awkwardness yeah. <laughs> right then. <laughs> Can't even look at you. Um, okay, so then, like, what, what do people normally say? So that I can do that. So no, really, a, norm, a, you know, a normal Normally. response was like what my response to you would have been. Oh, okay. It's like completely unexpected because oh. they're like, oh, okay, and you know they kind of just they, they think about it for a second and they kind of roll over it, and then usually if they aren't educated, which most people are not, they'll ask a couple questions. They want to like, go with so, it. So what does this mean for us down the road? Yeah. So how does your life, how is your life impacted? Yep. They ask questions like that. Yeah, usually. everything like that. Um, a lot of things too. So a lot of really popular question is, well, you know, do I have to wear a condom? And I'm like, well, I mean, that is 100% up to you and what you want to expose your body to. So, yeah, I like that too. I feel like that is such a weird question, though. <laughs> it's a weird question. And I'm like, really? That's your first question to me? Like, do I have to work? I mean, you, I, you don't have to do anything. You could get HSV, too, though. So we're going to talk about that. Like. Right. You know, and, and if they ask that, too, because that's another popular question is like, oh, well, how likely is it for me to get it? And I'm like, well, you know. Mm-hmm. it's a you know 50 50 chance like you're either gonna get it or you're not and you know i tell everybody i'm on an everyday antiviral i'm super super aware of my body i know what my triggers are like all types of stuff like that and usually they're pretty cool with that so i kind of like picked up on this twice um and as someone who has hsv1 i have to do that every time apparently um 
like knowing your body, knowing your symptoms, like I can relate to a lot of what you're saying because I can, I can tell when that's happening. And you mentioned something earlier, like of like being super stressed out and stuff like that. Is that when like outbreaks happen? Because that's how it is with us. Oh my God, HSV one. Yeah. So HSV one and HSV two. You know, they're the same thing per se. Um, but quote yeah. So for everybody, it manifests differently. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to have a different trigger that triggers an outbreak. You know, it could be lack of sleep. It could be over drinking. It could be, you know, being super stressed out because it's, um, it's an, inf- an infection that affects your immune system. Mm-hmm. So if you're weak or sick, you know, that, the virus that at that amplified. time is going to be like, yo, we can come out and play now. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, those motherfuckers, you stay home. Because <laughs> it lives in the nervous system. So, you know, they they want to party. But, you know, your, our body is like, nah, we don't want you to come to the party. No. You got to stay home. <laughs> We're like, I'll cycle beer. Come in. Right. Come on. <laughs> Twice a day. <laughs> Literally. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> so relatable (laughs) but yeah so really it really depends on the person for me my triggers tend to be stress or not getting enough sleep Mm, yeah same for me and like that's when um people are like oh it's fine if you're not getting enough sleep I'm like no I need to get sleep because my ass is not getting a cold sore because I'm gonna be pissed (laughs) like you know (laughs) and like even like around I can feel like obviously this is sorry like SV oh my one type one um whenever I'm like like I can feel it coming up and I eat spicy food I just feel it going like yeah feed me and now apparently has all this food (laughs) all right I'm sorry all I got like four hours of sleep last night um so yeah I don't know okay someone else talk I feel like the common voice for HSV is like the yeah what up like (laughs) (laughs) that is the HSV voice like there's no other voice (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) breaks down the wall I'm here (laughs) herpes is the Kool-Aid man (laughs) my childhood is ruined never look at Kool-Aid ever again the same <laughs> R.I.P. Childhood. <laughs> so, um, I'm having fun with this conversation. Like, it's so good to talk about this shit because it's like stuff that a lot of people don't like admitting and people don't like talking about it. So it's like so good to like talk about it. And it, it's funny that you pull, um brought up the chlamydia thing because I actually had an ex partner like call me. I'd say maybe. Mm, four or five, six months after like the last time we had sex or saw each other. And he's like, I'm going to like catch up with you and like asking me questions about my life. And I'm like, Oh, this is great. And dandy. And then towards the end of the conversation, he's like, um, so I need to tell you something. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, I was recently diagnosed with chlamydia and, um, I just wanted to communicate that with you because I know that we had unprotected sex yep I also don't like hot doves um and I wanted to just follow up with my latest like the last people I've had sex with um I wanted to know if you had any of these symptoms and it was like I was just like what um but because I just he was just like getting to like catching up with me I didn't know he was gonna like lay that out me but um it was like I, I'm really glad I experienced that conversation because it, it helped me learn. Like, I don't know. What are you going to say? 
Well, it was probably just a very awkward thing. Like, yeah, if if something is a difficult conversation to have, or you're not ready, or you're nervous about it, you're you're gonna stall a little bit. Exactly, so like, he stalled for a yeah, while. Yeah, which I understand, you know, and Absolutely. like, and it was interesting though, because when he started to like tell me about it, he was getting like detailed. He was like, "Well, I was going to the bathroom recently, and like I had some pain when I was urinating, and I went to the doctor, and I found out I do in fact have chlamydia. So I really wanted to just let you know." so maybe you can get tested and thankfully actually like a month before that I was tested and I was completely clean um and which every time they call me and they're like Hannah just let you know you have HSV1 and I'm like I fucking know like (laughs) literally in my charts it says I've had it since I was two like what the fuck um so every time I'm like oh my god you know and they're like (laughs) they're like you have HSV and I'm like I'm like waiting for the number. <laughs> I'm like, oh, one. Okay, I know that. Okay, it's fine. Oh, <laughs> so. man. I could never, I couldn't even, because like most most results are like, no news is good news. Exactly. Like, exactly. So I couldn't even imagine being like reminded every single time, like getting a phone call and like, oh, shit, like no news is good news. And it would be good news if I just had HSV1. Exactly. You know what I, mean? I know. Like, can you every just not like, call Ooh. me? <laughs> yeah. Like, I know. If it's new, call. But yes. like, if it's not, leave me alone. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I couldn't imagine exactly. that Ugh, every time. Would, I'm just yeah. Like, okay. Cool. The but it's like, kill me. I don't know. That that ended up being really good timing for me because I just got tested and we hadn't had sex for a, a while. Like it was like six, seven months. So I'm like, you definitely got it for someone after me. So, which is cool. I mean, no big deal. No shame around that. But yeah, that was my experience with having a conversation like that. Something that I also want to bring up is you said that you were clean and I just want to like, like, so like clean the idea of being like that um, word. Yeah. The idea of being clean is so, uh, it's stigmatizing. You know what I mean? Because if you're, if you're clean, that means that you're STI negative. Yes. Yes. But it, there's no word for like you don't you don't say like oh yeah I'm dirty because I have I mean HSB I'll say that one. if I'm feeling dirty dirty but <laughs> right right but not when you're having the like hey what's your sexual no, history yeah. conversation you're not I'm like yeah dirty. I'm dirty like but people say so often oh I'm clean don't worry yeah and it's like no you mean you're negative yeah like I really oh, like, we, we, I'm glad I changing. said that yeah because like that's really important and I'm so big on language. So when I like hear that, I'm like, oh, I'm going to remember that, you know, um, that's yeah. really big because you even mentioned that actually earlier that like words are very strong around it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I joined my uh, my online group with all these girls, I did not think about my words that I was using. And I was actually kind of I wasn't called out on it, but I was put in my place a little bit. You know, one of the girls was like clean. That's not the right word to use. So I was like, OK, well what is the right word, you know? And she ended up telling me that the right word, I don't even, what did she say? Um, something about like contracted sounds better than being clean or diagnosed because, you know, we, you, you caught something. It's a, it's a skin condition. It's not that big of a deal. Somebody gets chickenpox, ain't no thing. Somebody gets poison ivy, whatever. It'll go away. HSV2 is the same way. Like it's no big deal. And honestly, like, like I even said earlier, staph infection is li- it works very similar mm-hmm. to HSV. It's dormant in your body. If you have triggers come up, 
you're going to have an outbreak. So it's like, why staph infection? Yes, it has like a, a rep around it, but no one stigna, stigna, oh my God, stignifies it in the way that they do HSV, but it works super similarly. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I think that's super important to get across, you know, but, like the word diagnose, like you keep bringing that up as like a negative word. And I, I think kind of what I'm catching on to it, the reason why it's negative is because it's kind of like perpetuating that idea of this is a life sentence. This is something wrong with you, like stuff like that. I don't know if you want to speak more to that. No, I think you're right. I think, you know, especially when you first find out all the thoughts that go through your head, you're like, oh my God, no one's going to want to be with me. I'm never going to have kids. I'm never going to do this, that, the third. And that's, it's not true. It doesn't end your life. It's just a different path. I think diagnosed also has so much of a like a um like I have a disease connotation to mm-hmm. it and it's like like yeah don't we all stop <laughs> actually um I'm question I'm curious I don't know as much as I should know about STIs versus STDs I know that it used to only be STD and then recently this new like more inclusive language I would say or or um, less negative quote-unquote um, language of STIs is now out like do you know anything about that um I don't know if it's necessarily a different term so there's a sexually transmitted infection and then there's sexually transmitted disease and I think they use disease as something that is never gonna go away which is probably why HSV has as much stigma behind it as it does because I mean you know, so that is an STD. So yeah, because okay, okay. it's a d- disease per quote air quotes. It is on around disease. I know that. Um, I think it was like two years ago. I went to, my, and this is just just my gynecologist's office. I can't speak to any other offices um, or practices. But when I went in, um, it was the first time that I was divulging to my GYN that I was poly and that I had multiple partners. Um, and so, so right away she was like, okay, great. We're going to test you for like all the STIs. And I was like, oh, you said STI. Like I just blurted it out, you know, word vomit. And, and she was like, oh yeah, we don't say STD anymore here. And I was uh, why? <laughs> They're the same thing. And she was like, no, there are infections. It's always an infection. So we don't call them diseases. You don't have a disease. You have an infection. So whether it's viral or bacterial, it's always an infection. So like medically, she said that that's the the way that it's going, at least in that office, which I thought was really cool because disease does sound way, way scarier than like, oh, I've got an infection. Like people get infections all the time, all the time. So another thing um, that you just mentioned is childbirth. Does having HSV-2 affect that or could it affect that? Um, It's very possible. Um, I was reading up on it today because I didn't want to spew any wrong information. Um, So an STD can, or excuse me, HSV-2 can um, form in the vaginal wall. And sometimes those ones are very hard to see. So it's extremely extremely important to be honest with your doctor um, and tell them that you have this so that they are aware so that you can protect your baby. Um, But as far as childbirth uh, is concerned, you can have one naturally or you can have one by C-section. 
if you're going to choose the natural birth route, then they put you on Valsiclavir or Valtrex or I can't remember what the other one is called, but they'll put you on one of those and they will watch you very, very closely because it's a stressful time and they want to make sure that you'll be fine and that nothing happens. Um, but, you know, obviously, too, a C-section is a good option um, if something does happen and the baby will be completely fine. Um, that being said, all of my girls in my gr- um, in my group chat have all had natural births. And I'm curious too, medication-wise, um, for HSV. And I, I'm only like expecting you to have information that you know yourself, you know. And you don't have to divulge it if you don't want to. But when it comes to medication, is it only pill form, or is there creams? Like, I'm curious if there's like if it's just pills or. Um. So what I do is I use 500 milligram valcyclovir um, once a day or twice a day if something's happening, um, or if I feel a uh, outbreak coming on. Same. <laughs> yeah. Um, that being said, if I have an active outbreak, my gynecologist gave me a prescription for a cream called um, it's light, it's lidocaine, um, which they use for everything. But this one is a low dosage that is safe to put on the vaginal region. Um, that's what they gave me when I first had my very very first outbreak. And let me tell you, some miracle stuff right there. <laughs> it was amazing. What is lidocaine? That sounds so familiar. So lidocaine, it's just it's an ointment. Um, it's a numbing agent. And they put it on people who've had surgeries and like it just numbs the area. Or if you have like a back pain, you can buy lidocaine patches over the counter. But this is a low enough dosage that it's safe for the area. Um, That being said, there's a whole bunch of like at home topical remedies that people use. Um, I am not one of those. Can you name some though? I'm um, so there is a mixture that you can do with coconut oil and tea tree oil. Um, the coconut oil is a soothing agent and tea tree dries it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and if people who are having active outbreaks who don't necessarily get prescribed lidocaine, because I don't think that that's a really known thing. Um, people use that. You can freeze it. It's very calming, very soothing. Or you can just um, dab it right on at room temperature. But you have to be careful with tea tree oil because it very easily can be overused and burn yourself. Yeah. And for, like, folks who don't know, um, when it comes to, like, her- herpes outbreaks, your goal is to dry it out. Mm-hmm. That is what kills it. So um, that's why that's important. Mm-hmm. So um, any other, like, home remedies you know about? Um, there's something to do with, like, a lemon, uh, a, um, the, oil, the oils. Essential oils. Uh, yeah, like, something with lemon. Okay. I don't quite remember what it is, but I know. I like I've heard of, like, lavender beans? Yes, Yeah, lemon and lavender mixed together. Something... Like if, I don't know. That's peppermint. What, I don't know. I'm not sure. Something yeah, in those. I, people tell me that shit all the time too for like mine, and <laughs> I just like it freaks me out. I don't know. And I I am more of a natural person. However, when it comes to my cold sores, I will take medicine. My cold sores and my period cramps, I'm gonna take medicine. Okay. Um. But like anything else, I'm like. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, another option, too, for people who are kind of on the fence about essential oils is um, Epsom salt baths. Mm, um, that helps. That helps a oh, lot. Wow. Um, it's very, very soothing to the skin because mm. it's, you know, it's irritated. Yeah, absolutely. So it's very calming. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. I feel like that's just stuff we never even thought about asking, you know. Um, do you feel like we did not ask something that you wanted to talk about? Um, no, I think we covered all the subjects actually. Woo. (laughs) (laughs) I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much for being vulnerable. But like, I feel like you just 
are very poised person and like just so sure of yourself and it's really refreshing and empowering well thank you for inviting me over welcome (laughs) of course um any final thoughts anyone just thank you so much oh my god (laughs) because seriously this isn't a conversation that you can have like yeah this isn't a conversation you can even hear so like all of our listeners like if you get a second like give some love you know send some love (laughs) over to ashley because holy shit guys (laughs) yeah i just like feel so informed and like i i don't know it just like makes you feel so much better about the situation especially like going into a poly relationship and like you know not if you don't know that much about the information like having someone come over and like be super vulnerable about all of that is like super nice also very informative (laughs) i have a last question for you um what advice do you give people who um might be listening to this who struggle with a lot of shame around their sti um and then vice versa what is the advice you would give to someone who is a potential partner to someone with a sti um i think for someone who's going through this is as hard as is it as hard as it is try to love yourself do things that make you happy and focus on yourself for a minute because this is a really really hard time and it's a hard journey to walk down um as far as somebody who is be a potential partner, try to have an open mind. Don't shut it down immediately. Love it. Short and sweet. Gotta love it. All right. So that was beautiful. I love this conversation. <laughs> I just want to go on forever. Um, but yeah. Any last minute thoughts? Are we good? Yeah. Oh, wait. Oh. Okay. So can you tell us where to find you on social media if you want us to? Um, the only social media I use actually is Instagram. That's all. Okay. Um, but you can find me at Ashtree15. Awesome. Yeah. Um, you can find me at Inclusively No. Oh, it's different now. Um, at the nonconform. Nope. The sensual nonconformist. I will get it one of these days. And on Facebook at Hannah Gray. And you can find me on Facebook at Adrian Gray. And on Instagram, it is Transpirational Healer. And you can find me on Instagram at Not Too Taboo Amanda. And you can find me on Facebook at Amanda Drew. And you can also find this podcast, the most important one, Durr. at Gray Awakenings. And then also, if you want to email us with questions, concerns, etc., you can email us at grayawakenings at gmail.com. Also, just a reminder that we have a Patreon account. It's just going to help us bring in more guests and do cooler things with our podcast. Um, and we have an option as low as $2 a month, and it gives you some special things. So give that a check out um, or check that out at patreon.com slash grayawakenings. And you can find the link in our Instagram page we love you all so much thank you for listening and i do want to let you all know that we are taking next week off so don't expect a a little a little thing next week um we are doing some self-care time and taking a week off yeah i was getting ready to say bye oh (laughs) should we add anything else to that no okay i think we're good cool (laughs) well we love you all so much love you all Bye. bye bye bye